Hey guys, and welcome to episode two of It's Okay Not To Be Okay. Today I am joined by Al, my good friend from school, who's going to talk about his experiences with mental health. I hope you enjoy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm ready to be led on this very adventure. Mm, well, hopefully, I've had some nice comments so far, so hopefully I can get, get it up the, off the ground and lots of people to talk to and things like that. So yes, we'll see. let's do it. Let's go. I'm up for it. Okay, cool. Shall we start then? Have we not? Oh, we kind of have. <laughs> but, okay, to everybody else listening, uh, this is okay not to be okay, episode two. Uh, so thank you for all the love and the comments on my intro podcast. It's been nice to hear that you've been listening to it in the first place and been enjoying what I have to say. So we today are here to talk openly and honestly about mental health, sharing our stories and resources to help you. Um, today, we are joined by Al, my good friend who I've known for many years. Hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hello. When did we first meet? Was it six oh, or? Um more than likely sixth form i won't lie to you my memories of high school are hazy at best but let's say yeah, sixth form and go from there yeah i think uh, that's when our friendship bloomed Bless. <laughs> <let's say. laughs> but yeah yeah we so we've known probably each other about 50 so a oh, while God. now don't, don't. So, yeah <laughs> <laughs> my back aches suddenly no Oh no, I know. I don't feel I don't feel like thirty-one. So you know, hey. Anyway, this is um my first interview with someone. Um, and I've never really done a podcast before. I'm kind of making it up as I go along. So we'll see how this all unfolds. So, Al, I I, I asked you already, but let's do it again. Uh, so how are you doing? I'm, I'm how are you very finding well, thank you. Good. You're in you're in lockdown. You're on furlough as well. I am. Indeed, so how's yes. that been? Um, honestly, I feel bad for saying it, but it has been fairly nice overall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm That's good. very fortunate in the fact that I belong to a a small pub which can afford to keep us on paid, but we've all agreed to go um, furloughed, which makes things a lot easier for the small pub, which we all love. That's good, yeah. And uh, it's still serving beer out of a hatch in the wall. So I've Amazing. got the beer and I've got the time to drink it. So I, I could be a lot worse. Let's put it like that. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was I was near so I could try out that delivery mm-hmm. sir. takeaway service that you've got going. It's rather sure. adorable. Made the front page of the Telegraph. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. that was a huge surprise. Oh, wow. You have to send me the link to that. Uh, I certainly I'll have will. A re- yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's, let's start. So I sent out a few questions to kind of get us going on this journey. So there. So as I said, we've we've known each other for a while. Um, but just explain to everyone a little bit about you, your background, what you like doing, etc. Yeah, can do. I, I feel like I'm standing in front of a group admitting <laughs> to something, but that's yeah, okay. Um, my name's Al. <laughs> uh, I come from Ipswich. Uh, Becky and I went to school together. We've been fairly fast friends ever since. We've we've both got a kind of fairly accepting, optimistic view of the world, I'd say. Um, Becky expresses this through her art mostly, and I express it through just talking rubbish to people from behind a bar, which I think is is my own art, frankly. (laughs) 
I'm sure people. I'm sure people have some conversations to have over the bar. <laughs> I, some I wish I'd written them down. I won't lie to you. <laughs> no. uh, I have a uh, degree in computer games design from the University Campus Suffolk. Uh, for what it's worth, I won't knock it now, but back when I was there, it wasn't very good. So, hey ho. <laughs> uh, I am ex-army. I was in the army for about five years as a tank crew, the Royal Tank Regiment, uh, which was mostly a lot of fun, but they say that you only remember the good bits, so tossing over that. Uh, and I'm now behind the bar at the wonderful Fat Catnips, which, uh, which has been with my third home for most of my life, I'd say. Um, the, the community is just unlike any community I've ever seen in any other bar. Um, it's amazing. It is genuinely lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 someone once said to me, there's a reason that there's a, a bar or a pub at the centre of every soap opera. <laughs> it's <laughs> completely true. Yeah, completely and also one at the end of like most roads or communities, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> it's, it's, nice, it's nice to be the anchor around which people's lives move. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's rather lovely. Okay. Um, so that's me. Bro, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you for that. Um, so what are your experiences of mental health? Like, what's your background in it? How have you been involved? Um, so I'm probably a bit different to most of the people that will be coming on this show, I hope. Um, I personally have not suffered with anything mental health-wise. Um, I'm a fairly, uh, fairly strong-willed, fairly to the point of stubbornness, uh, confident person. Um, and I, I quite enjoy helping people talking through things and, and seeing if I can take any of their weight on my shoulders. Mm. Um, to, to that end, I've been uh, fortunate enough to have people in my life that I have been able to support those with uh, not so much mental health problems, but issues to which they are happy to help, happy to have me help them with them. So I've experienced it through other people. Mm. Um, taking their load, listening to what they need to say, and generally trying to do the best I can around them. You know, it's no, just, it's not something that you do because you want praise for it. It's something that you do because you care about people. But I think it might offer a little insight uh, as to the other side of of living with mental health issues, as in being the other person living with <laughs> the person yeah. with mental health issues, shall we say. Absolutely. And I'm sure lots of people out there do this all the time. They're supporting people and don't really think about it. They're just kind of doing it. Um, so it's nice to kind of hear your experiences of kind of how you've supported people um, and coming from it from a completely different kind of uh, viewpoint, really, um, not having experienced it yourself, really. Mm -hmm. um, have you had any experiences of mental health yourself or have it just been free supporting others? Um, I, I would say... I will say no, purely because uh, I, th I think the term mental health, either issue mm. or problem, is quite a loaded term. Yeah. And, you know, it, it implies a diagnosis or it implies, you know, a, a level of severity, which I don't think um, I'll ever come close to. I mean, the closest I can probably come is that I have very low self-esteem, uh, huge mm. self-confidence, but low self-esteem. It's a bit of an odd combination. Yeah. How does uh, that so work? I believe I could do anything, but I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Which, well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably the closest I can come, but I'm quite a quite a stoic person. So yeah, these things are generally not something that I have to deal with, but something that I can certainly help other people deal with. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting hearing that from you, actually, because knowing you well, <laughs> 
Uh, I wouldn't say that at all, but it shows how much mm -hmm. people can uh, hide if they want want to or, you know, it's not normal part of conversation, is it? So, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. But I'll, I'll always be open about talking about these sort of things because especially amongst men, there is a stigma of not talking about important things, which has always baffled me. And I'll always talk to people if they need to talk. But for a lot of people, it's taking the first step and saying to their mate, hey, have you got five minutes? Mm. I think I need to talk to someone about this. Yeah, absolutely. There is, there is a big stigma, especially amongst men, about yeah. doing that. Well, so in that case, I'll, I'll jump down my questions because I did mm -hmm. send you uh, one regarding this. Mm -hmm. In England, one in eight men have common uh, mental health problems. However, men can be reluctant to seek support, as as we do know, it's all over the media, etc. So, um, and yeah, they they're not willing to disclose mental health problems to loved ones. So, how do you feel about that as a man? Uh, and somebody that's dealt with supporting others in, in their mental health? It is difficult to talk about. Um, on the mm. one hand, you know, the, the obvious response that I think most people would have, which is the statistic is too high. I don't know why we don't talk about this. It's silly that we don't talk about this. But it's easy to say that. It's, it's difficult to approach it from the other side. Um, I think we still live in an age where men are either raised or surrounded by imagery that suggests that they have to be the strong silent type that they have to mm. take everything on their shoulders and and you know not talk about it because it's perceived as being weak and yeah. being weak for some reason is still perceived as being a bad thing i mean we've uh, in my personal opinion we've moved past the area where where being strong really meant something you know we don't fight with swords yeah. and spears anymore we don't hunt animals no. uh, weakness is uh, the sort of the, the social perception of weakness is very very outdated but unfortunately it still persists and you, you see a lot of marketing for things directed at men about being you know strong manly types and having a jaw mm. that looks like it was chiseled out of marble and <laughs> you know perfect pecs and you can't possibly do anything wrong and even if you mm. did you wouldn't talk about it because you're a man and it's yeah. it. Everyone knows that it's dribble, but no one wants to talk about the fact that we all know it's dribble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, def it's definitely slowly changing, but we're we're definitely not mm. well yet. Um, no, at least really people are starting to have more conversations about it. And yeah, mm -hmm. but definitely. excuse my voice, by the way. It's, it's it's everywhere today. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> you don't sound like you're all everywhere, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, darling, you say the nicest things. <laughs> yeah, me like. Um, I'm obviously not male, but um, I found it quite difficult to talk about mental health when I, when everyone was telling me that I needed to go and explore this kind of area. I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to find it difficult, then, you know, mm. men who, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know, don't to go to the doctors and things like that about problems are going to find that quite hard as well. So, you know, mm. yeah, it's quite. Uh, there's, also, there's almost a bit of a sort of paradoxical element to it because, Speaking as as an ex-soldier, um, mm. there is a certain attitude that's fairly common amongst men, which is if there is a problem, you just go straight ahead and deal with it. You don't sort of beat around the bush. You don't do anything like that. Like, there's a problem. Here's what I can do to solve it. Job done. Mm. It's very simple. But when it comes to certain things, mm. recognizing that there's a problem is seemingly insurmountable. Mm. And it flies in the face of how a lot of men approach things, mm. you know? Yeah. If, if, say, for example, if I'm behind the bar and someone's 
the other side of the barn, they're being, for want of a better word, a dick. Mm. <laughs> I, I have absolutely no qualms with telling them, look, your behavior is out of order. Mm. You need to sort it out. But if someone is the other side of the bar and they're obviously in a bad mental place, you know, they're mm. sort of sat at the bar looking morose or anything like that, making certain comments, it's harder for men to engage someone like that because it's not something that we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. Which I, like yeah. I, said, I find very paradoxical because, you know, a stereotypical man approaches things straight straight on. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. And if you're okay to talk about it, is is that something mm. that you've witnessed in a pub um, over the other side of the bar, people coming to you and speaking to you about these sort of things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would mm. like to think that I'm fairly, fairly well known amongst the customers in the pub that I speak my mind. I'd like to think mm. that, you know, I, I have that kind of persona. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, I have had people, male and female, come to talk to me about things, um, personal things or stuff they're thinking about or if they're worried about other people, you know. Mm. Um, I do tend to be the sort of the, the pin in the middle when it comes to stuff like that. Um, and no matter how awkward it is, I think someone needs to be that person. And if it's got to be me, it's got to be me. I would yeah. certainly like to see some more men stepping up, shall we say? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's good. It's good that you're there. And yeah, I can definitely say that you're definitely the sort of person that I would go and speak to as well. So I can understand oh, that. I appreciate but, that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, going uh, kind of along this vein, um, you've supported others with mental health. So can you explain a little bit more about this um, if you're happy to do so? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've spoken to a couple of them in the past couple of days asking if it's been okay to talk about it. So okay, just okay. for the record, they said yes. <laughs> no, <good. laughs> um, it's fine. Uh, my my most recent partner, um, who, I mean, we're now ex-partners, but we get along fabulously still, which mm. is lovely. Um, she, uh, her mental state was in the in the best possible way of saying it, slightly fragile. And I don't mm. mean that in a negative way, but I mean that sometimes you had to consider how you would say something to her or mm. how you would behave around someone, which I know, certainly for her, I know that she hated the fact that, you know, if, if I was walking up to talk to her and I could tell she was in a bad mood, I would change the way I was going to speak to her. And I I knew that that made her grumpy, but at the same time, I also didn't want to set her off mm, yeah. <laughs> down down any path, really. Yeah. Um, and it was never it wasn't like that all the time, you know. It was just if you're having a bad day and you come home, and you know maybe I forgot to do the washing up or something, mm. then little things can can set off big reactions. But I think there's a lot to be said for continuing to make the effort even if you know that there's a fairly high chance that it'll go wrong mm, yeah and i think that's that speaks to a strong partnership definitely that even though you know that there's going to be friction you persist anyway because you genuinely care about the other person yeah definitely um and i know that her mental health links were tied to a previous eating disorder mm -hmm. um which she got through thankfully that's good. But I know that a lot of the time with with a mental health issue, it can be, oh, how to put this, it can be the outer coat of paint. Mm, so say, yeah. say you've got a building and it, it looks lovely on the outside, but yeah. on the inside, you know, if some of the structures are eroding away, 
Mm. And sometimes a mental health issue can be the outside. You can look at it and say, oh, maybe there's something a bit wrong there. You know, maybe this facade doesn't look quite right. Mm. I think something might be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes deeper issues can be can be obscured, can be hidden by uh, an external issue. You know, mm. I've, certainly a couple of the people that I've spoken to um, have agreed with me when they've said that they've they've hidden things that worried them more yeah. by using uh, a pre-existing uh, mental health issue. So they've got other things going on which they're worried about, but they're not willing to talk about. Really, that's so interesting. Which they're using a mental health issue to uh, to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a, yeah. That's really interesting mm-hmm. to hear. Um, yeah, it just shows how much that we can bury mm-hmm. things sometimes and. Yeah, I mean, we all do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So did you did you know about her mental health when you were first together or is it something that you discovered through? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, we were both very open with each other. It was, a, it was a good relationship in that respect. Yeah. Oh, just in case you're listening, it was a great relationship anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I value in, in my close relationships, personal relationships, friends and family relationships, uh, I value honesty and outspokenness almost amongst everything else. Yeah. Um, I believe that if you know if you truly care about people, you'll speak the truth to them, no matter what, regardless if they want to hear it or not. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and obviously, there's there's ways of doing that which are kind, and ways of doing that which you could say are cruel. But mm. I I truly believe that if you care about someone, you'll you'll present them with what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm. And obviously, with with some of that honesty, it's a little bit of friction and things like that. Mm-hmm. um how did you how did you kind of deal with that was there a point where you could you could kind of uh bring that back down and sit down and speak um oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah yeah i mean get it, it happens in every argument doesn't it it's just mm. when there is a little bit extra in the argument which you know isn't them speaking yeah. it's, it's something else speaking then you, it takes a bit longer or it you might have to consider how you start talking about it afterwards, you know, it's, it's an extra level of care that you apply to a situation that you wouldn't normally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think through that story, I, I've got so that rings so many alarm bells with me. Well, not alarm bells, just bells, <laughs> just bells. Just bells. <laughs> um, of uh, situations where my partner's tried to help and it's kind of blown up for, but for other reasons, like either I'm stressed or I'm mm-hmm. anxious or, there's something on my mind and yeah mm-hmm. it's it's something that quite a lot of people do and maybe don't even realize that they do mm. but yeah and and self-recognition is a huge part of this mm-hmm. it's especially if you're in a relationship so, like being able to recognize that you may be wrong or you may be right but the way that you approach speaking to people yeah makes a huge difference as to the outcome of the conversation yeah. you know yeah definitely sharing that um have you supported anybody else with mental health? You spoke about the army. Is there any kind of tales that you would tell there, or maybe uh, leave yeah. that? Or yeah, it's up to you. Uh, I can if you want. They're probably not going to listen to this, so it's not a problem. Um, well, yeah, you, you never know, do you? Might become um, a global success now. I, <laughs> I, I really hope so. And if that should so happen, hello boys, how you doing? Um, uh, I was always fairly open about things with my uh my i guess comrades mm-hmm. um and there were a couple of guys who seemed seemed to be universally younger than me mm-hmm. um who would come to me for advice about certain things mm. um and i i had a door is always open policy yeah 
apart from sort of three instances, mm-hmm. showering and using the bathroom, the two of them, and I, you can probably guess what the other one was. Um, but other than that, my, my door was always open and there was always biscuits and tea and milk in the fridge. That's um, very much I think that made, if, if you, when it, when it comes to talking about mental health and things, going out and approaching people is one way of addressing it. But another way of addressing it is saying, I have the facilities here. I'm always going to be here with these facilities if you don't talk, feel like talking about it now, that's fine because everyone's watching or everyone's listening or if you're around your friends, you don't want to talk about it, that's absolutely fine. Mm. But there's never not going to be a time where my door isn't open mm. and I'm, I'm never going to turn you away. Yeah. Um, and I think the guys that came to speak to me probably valued that. I mean, they normally came up to say hello in the evenings mm. when most other people were off doing other things and we'd have our chats. But yeah, I think... The fact that they were younger than me speaks towards a slightly worrying but identifiable trend in the generations below us. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you missed Becky say earlier, we're around 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, in mental health issues becoming slightly more the norm. Now, I don't know whether it's because they're being recognized more or if they're being treated more or if, if we're just happy to talk about them more. I don't know. But it does seem to me to be a slight increase in it in the past five to 10 years. Mm. Um, and like I said, the guys that came to speak to me were all younger than me, um, yeah. which I think made it slightly easier for them to talk to me being a sort of a big brother role, which I'm more than happy to, more than happy to take. There was one in particular, Josh, if you're listening, you, uh, you still owe me a new rug for all that blood you got on it. <laughs> Oh no. And that sounds ominous, I know, but he just cut his finger. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> wow. There must have been a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised. It's just the little ones that be the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. He was a little um naive. Let's let's just say that. Mm. Oh bless. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose, um, yeah, talking about um, kind of generations below us being a little bit more open now and being in the last mm-hmm. five to ten years, I think it kind of speaks volumes for the fact that we're actually now starting to speak about it and people feel like they're able to speak about it. So when Absolutely. you give them... Yep, thoroughly agree. Yeah, when you give them that comfortable kind of setting or person that they can go to, um, they they feel like they're able to speak and... Yeah, I guess this comes back to the being in the pub and uh, you you being there and being able to listen <laughs> <laughs> and that community yeah, help. So, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily have to be a pub. It, it can be a cafe. It can be you know someone in a room in a university or a college that just says, "Hey, the service is here." Mm-hmm. You know, I I might not have to come to you, but you can always come to yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I always find that having a beer makes things easier to talk about, though. That's very true. <laughs> don't drink too many yep. and then spill spill the beans then it's not probably the best time <laughs> thoroughly agree <laughs> okay well um so as somebody that has been a support network to others um how have you found it from your point of view uh, understanding what somebody's going through uh, with mental health if you haven't kind of gone through those yourself it, it is incredibly difficult um sp- yeah speaking of someone that that hasn't had any of these troubles it as with anything, you know, you can only understand so much without actually doing something. Mm. You know, I can I can describe to you in great detail how to, you know, do certain military things. But if you 
are never going to do it or have never done it, then it won't make any sense mm. to you, you know? Okay. And it's, I think it's on the one hand, it's very important to make it clear from the outset when you're talking to people, if you don't know what they're going through, you very, very, very importantly have to establish that from the very beginning mm. so that you don't accidentally hurt them later on down the line when they think they're talking to you about something you've experienced. Yeah. And it turns out you haven't, and you might have not mentioned it because you didn't think it was important, mm. but to their mind, there was a bond there, which they thought they had, and then it isn't yeah. there anymore, um, which can be difficult to rebuild, shall yeah. we say. Um, and I think, I think from a personal viewpoint, mm -hmm. finding things difficult to understand <laughs> is something that comes very naturally to me. <laughs> Um, but isn't completely necessary to being able to support someone. Yeah. So I, I might not understand what it's like to live with a mental mm. health issue, but that's not going to stop me from A, trying to understand to the best of my ability, and B, doing what I need to do to be there for that person. Mm. You know, I I might not understand what it's like to to, you know, come home from work and then go and sit and shut yourself in a room for an hour mm. and just cry. Like, I don't know, it doesn't registered to me at all on a mental level but it doesn't mean that i can't do everything else in my power to help and be that just leaving a cup of tea mm. outside the room or you know actively going in and sitting with the person and sitting in silence for 30 minutes until they initiate a conversation yeah. you yeah. know Every, everyone is completely different but i think recognizing the fact that you you don't know what's going on makes things a lot easier to deal with from your end and especially if you communicate it towards the beginning of the of the relationship whatever relationship it may be that you're having mm. with this person so they understand your position yeah. as well yeah definitely i think that's, that's pretty yeah. crucial and actually quite my experience uh don't really understand it themselves so it is sometimes just having mm -hmm. a person there that's willing to kind of listen to what you've got to say rather than Absolutely. them having all the answers i think uh, mm. from... i think that's also that's that's pretty that's a pretty difficult line to cross as well if you're trying to be an mm -hmm. empathetic person um, to, to tell people that you think you have an answer is i'm not going to say dangerous but i would be wary about crossing that line with someone yeah absolutely because as much as you think you may know what's going on and as much as you think you might have an answer uh, you know, whether it's trying to offer them, you know, uplifting quotes via text or sending them pictures of puppies or whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, you might think that you're doing the right thing by trying to lift their mood. But to them, that might be exactly the wrong thing. And by saying that you have an answer without being able to actually empathize with it, it can drive wedges in, in relationships. Definitely. Yeah, I've, I've had experience of that myself. So yeah, I I I won't mm -hmm. talk about it in detail because I haven't asked their permission. But I, a friend that had a mental health issue, um, and some of the things that it was the way that you said them that would also almost mm -hmm. make it worse. Um, so it's sometimes mm -hmm. just being that open book, that open person that somebody can come and speak to, which actually allowing that uh, safe environment almost for them to speak. Uh, yeah, yeah, very well. Um, really important because they they almost don't need you to speak um, they just need you to be a soundboard oh yeah um, <laughs> yeah I, I mean being a barman is being a soundboard yeah, really. oh, definitely coming back to the pub <laughs> <laughs> i exactly. love this exactly. 
just 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 being able to listen is uh, i would i would honestly argue being able to listen to people is a, a vital skill mm. for being a barman because because like i said earlier there's a reason that pubs and bars are in the middle of every soap opera it's where people come to talk about mm. things that are worrying them or things they want to celebrate or things they want to discuss and you need to not only be able to pour a decent pint but you need to be able to listen maybe without empathizing if it's something that you empathize with then go ahead but you need to be objective to listen to what people are saying because like we said you don't know what their situation is and you don't know Mm -hmm. what they're going through and if they're looking for advice and you have some and you think it's appropriate for the conversation then Mm -hmm. go for it but being able to listen is a highly underrated skill i think in, in modern day life regardless of what yeah, job you're in. i think i <laughs> definitely think that's true so if any of you are looking for a job as a barman or woman um you know mm-hmm. get listenings uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Able to uh, it, it's very mm. important in any job i'd argue that's very any true job. definitely yeah it can it come at, i mean when somebody comes up to you and wants to speak to mm-hmm. you so you never and and think about when you're talking to say you've just met someone in a bar and you're having a good chat, if you're talking to them and they're not just nodding and saying yes, but they're saying, oh, really, tell me more about that. Or, oh, really, that rings a bell from the time that I did this. If you're listening and paying attention to people, you'll enrich any relationship that you have, regardless of whether it's on a personal level, on a friend level, yeah. anything. Just being able to listen immediately makes you a better person. Yeah, definitely. It makes you very comfortable as well. Think uh, when I'm in that sort of situation mm-hmm. where somebody has allowed me to speak rather than kind of uh, assuming what I'm going to say or um, trying to help me straight away, mm-hmm. I've always found it a lot more comfortable to kind of be open and honest about what's going on. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what is one piece of advice then, or have multiple pieces of advice that you would want to give to somebody <laughs> that's maybe thinking that they might be suffering from mental health? mental health issues is there anything that you think might be mm-hmm. important? um i i think that my advice to people who are suffering with mental health issues should be taken uh in context of someone that doesn't have one and and my only advice would be don't be afraid to speak to people and i know you hear mm. it all the time i know that it's it's very you know billboardish posterish but i guarantee you that every single day every single day at least one person that knows you thinks mm. about you and it, it might not be for long or it might be for a different reason but you're not not being thought yeah. of think about the people that you think of every day yeah. and consider how many people must think of you it's 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 quite it, it can appear to be quite lonely for someone hurt with the mental mm. health issue because shutting yourself off or away from people is a, a kind of a natural reaction you don't want to burden them with what you perceive to be your problems but i guarantee there are people out there that are caring about you and do want to talk to you mm. about these things and they might just be too apprehensive about it or they might not want to hurt your feelings by talking about it but if you initiate the conversation i guarantee you that there are people out there that really want yeah, to help definitely um for people supporting somebody with a mental health issue um i have a a pen pal a guy called jeff Mm. who lives in detroit we've been pen pals for close to 10 years now i think yeah he's he's an older guy 
he's um he's he recently retired but then had to take up work again because yeah. the American economy right now. Um, but we started messaging when we uh, spoke to each other on a message board, which was designed to. Well, it was a subreddit. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was the subreddit called okay. Need a Friend. Yeah. I'm not sure, and it, it was a it was designed so that people could come to this to this uh, to this forum mm -hmm. and say, "Hey, I need to talk to someone about X, Y, and Z." Is there anyone out there that can relate or can that yeah. can just listen? Um, and Jeff and I were very active on that. And I noticed one day that he had posted that he wanted right. someone to talk to. Um, so I got in contact with him and said, hey, I've noticed you're around. Um, I noticed that you're providing support for other people. Um, and now you need it. So I thought I would step in and say, hey, like, I understand the yeah. situation you're in. I'm also someone that supports other people. Uh, do you want to talk? And hey, it's been it's been That's like amazing. ten years. Um, I th I think it's worth my my advice would be for somebody supporting someone with mental health is don't be afraid to talk to other people mm. as well. Yeah. Caveat: get your partner's permission or get the permission of the person that you want yeah. to talk about, because no one likes the idea of them being talked about, especially mm. their problems. Just you know, if say say it's your partner, for example and you want to talk to uh, your best friend, say to your partner, hey, look, I need to speak to Joe uh, about some personal stuff. Um, it might involve you. Uh, are you okay? Are we talking about it? Because being a supporter, I'm not going to use the phrase is just as hard because I can't imagine how hard it is yeah. to have a mental health issue. But being, being a, a supporter or a carer or anything like that for someone else's problems is a tough problem mm -hmm. and we don't like to talk about it sorry it's, it's a tough yeah. thing to do beg your pardon. and we don't like to talk about it because the people that do these things don't really like recognition yeah. or anything like that for doing these things because we, we genuinely mm -hmm. care about people yeah. but if you if you are someone supporting someone with a mental health issue then don't feel like you can't reach out as well don't feel like you can't also talk yeah. to other people because because even you know if you're sharing someone's weight onto your shoulders that means that you're carrying more weight yeah. as well and it's it's absolutely fine for you to reach out and talk to people yeah. not just the person that you're supporting that would be my yeah, advice that's really good yeah <laughs> have you felt that have you ever felt like supporting other people with a weight on your shoulder from doing that uh a little like I said earlier, I'm quite a stubborn and stoic person, so a lot of the time I just put it onto my shoulders and mm. just keep it there. Um, and I wouldn't talk about other people without their permission. Mm. Uh, and if you if you are one of the people that have spoken to me, you know that I haven't talked about you because you know that I haven't asked your yeah. permission. <laughs> but um, I'd say that yeah, uh, Jeff from Detroit from Detroit is my um, is my go to guy for when I need to talk about things like this. And I think having a pen pal makes it a bit yeah. easier. Because as personal as it is, it isn't quite as personal as speaking to someone in, mm. in real life, you know. That's great. That's, I mean, that's a fairly good way of being able to talk about things, even if you're nervous as well. If you, you know, write an email or a text message or a letter to someone that you want to talk to, it gives you time to think about what you want to say. Mm. You can, if you're typing it, you can, you know, scrub it out and start yeah. again getting things down on paper sometimes is just a much easier way of addressing a problem when you, you feel so overwhelmed that you can't think about mm. it. So yeah, 
I think he's he's probably my most important confidant for that one particular reason is that I can take my yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. And that might be some good advice for, in particular, men out there that might not be able to share their problems yeah. as, as easily as, say, women might be able to. Or, you know, it's we're just having an open discussion. Like, women can do this as well, of course. Uh, it might be kind of a avenue that people mm-hmm. can take if they feel that they haven't got anybody to speak to or they don't want to or they're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. which is yeah so timing sometimes a big thing as well um yeah so yeah on that note if, if you're out there listening and you want to talk to someone uh, reach out to mm, becky definitely. and if you'd rather talk to a guy becky can pass you on to me i'm more than happy absolutely to definitely more than happy to listen and kind of be there mm-hmm. if you need we're we're both people that are very and open and honest and i would say trustworthy so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would yeah hope so. <laughs> Um, so you talk about Reddit and forums. Um, is that something that you've been doing for a while? Um, are you happy to kind of that and putting people on there? Yeah, yeah, I've I've um, I've enjoyed uh, using Reddit for quite a long time now. For those of you who don't know, uh, Reddit is a website which is built up of many, 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 many hundreds of thousands of smaller mm. forums under the under yeah. the name Reddit, um, and these forums have all different types of subjects you know the the common phrases if you can think about it there is Mm. a forum for it um and i when i first started using reddit i realized that this was a a good opportunity for me to be able to help people um without necessarily knowing them and sometimes anonymity can be beneficial in this sort of thing you know I've, i've spoken to people from korea i've spoken to people from america south america um i've spoken to people from sort of mainland Europe, um, obviously no names or anything, but it being able to speak openly and anonymously on, on a website. Um, what's the phrase? Give a man a mask and he'll tell yeah. you the truth. It just, it just seems to be able to take down a lot of barriers that people might find to be insurmountable when they want to talk mm-hmm. to their friends in real life. You know, sometimes finding someone online to talk to can be just as useful if not yeah. more useful um so yeah I, I recognized it as a good way of being able to for want of a better phrase give back a little um i'm not huge on sort of going out personally to do charity work i, I donate to charity but i find doing that sort of thing uh, quite difficult mm-hmm. personally sort of the door-to-door and the raising raising money yeah. in the streets uh, as much as i am an outgoing person i find that to be quite difficult mm-hmm. so I figured this way I could um, help people without necessarily having to bother people, which is such a British thing to say, <laughs> but it, it seems to be the case. Oh, well, it's, it's great that that sort of forum is there. If anybody wants to speak to somebody, um, uh, that's another nice way of doing it without having to go and speak to somebody that may be attached to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah and that's, that's great that that's going on, to be honest. Um, but... Yeah. I mean, if if you head over to Reddit and you search for things, that you know are in the lines of you know need a friend need advice someone to talk to regardless there there will be forums on those topics and there will be people on those forums that are more than happy to help you regardless of where you're from where they're from what time Mm, of day absolutely um moving on from the kind of topic of forums and your advice um i know that you're quite into um do you i'm I'm going on a bit of a tangent here because i haven't sent you these questions but (laughs) i hope you don't mind um (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Um so yeah, do you think I obviously 
uh, I read about and mental health a lot and kind of gone for it myself and fitness has always helped me um and a lot of people I know so many people that find fitness as kind of that release that they need whether they have anxiety uh depression whatever that whatever the problem is um have you found that with people around you like explain a little bit about how fitness helps you oh absolutely yep yep i know exactly what you mean um i mean i'm not going to pretend to know all the big scientific words but (laughs) no Uh, i I know that that exercise in particular things like running and swimming um is fantastic for your mental health it it encourages a release into your system uh things like uh endorphins Mm -hmm. and sort of serotonin which is the feel-good feel-good drug um which immediately gives you a, a positive yeah. mental boost. Uh, if that's sort of a little thing that you need day to day, then it can even it can even be released during stuff like yoga, which everyone sees as being a really kind of sedate mm. thing to do. Which, speaking as a guy, having tried yoga and Pilates is absolutely not. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things it I've ever had is. to do. Um, no, I, I I do take um, a lot of joy through fitness. I find it to be a very much a kind of a clearer if you will for any uh, negative thoughts or anything i might be having you know just get out on a run or do some calisthenics some bodyweight exercises it i think part of it is because it is obviously mm. very good for us and we enjoy it part of it is because i'm a sucker for um <laughs> sort of masochistic exercise i just love beating <laughs> myself into the ground i just sign up <laughs> me maybe but i enjoy yeah. it um and I, I also think it appeals slightly to the little part of all of us that we none of us want to admit to having but there is a little mm. bit of vanity inside all of us and you know exercise you come out of it a sweaty mess but you have a shower afterwards and you might catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you're like hey I'm better than I was yesterday <laughs> I like that. you know and, and no, um, no one ever wants to talk about it but it's yeah I definitely. think it's quite an important it's very part important um yeah just doing doing mm-hmm. sorry a lot of exercise no well I um oh, sorry, took yeah. up running not very good at exercise i have to say <laughs> i am not um yeah i uh, yeah i'm just not <laughs> but um i did no nobody's ever good at that's exercise. true we just get um, better. i took up running last year and it's helped me like having a really mm-hmm. stressful day at work or just having something that you need to you need to vent you don't really want to speak about it running is just so good at getting it all out mm-hmm. and, and you do feel so it much really better is. for doing it, really it. Is. Um, Obviously, it's very hard to yep. start, but um, yeah, once you. Oh, yeah, you should have seen me <laughs> after my first run. Goodness me. I ran sort of, you know, 800 meters and I was on the floor of my kitchen oh my coughing gosh. like I'd smoked 80 a day. <laughs> so, what mental, uh, what mental health, what uh, fitness have you been doing in um, lockdown? <laughs> have, you, have you been able to keep it up? Oh, um, mm. I haven't run as much as I should do. I'll give you that. Um, I did eight and a half miles the other day and I feel <laughs> awful, but good. Okay. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I'm glad I did it, but my body isn't. Um, I've, I've managed to cobble together a little sort of That's outside great. gym in the back garden, which has been quite nice. I've got an old railway sleeper and some 25 kilogram um, mm. water containers and stuff like that. So I've been able to keep fit. Exactly. It, it's all out there. It's just getting past that sort of barrier of oh people are going to laugh at me it's like no they won't no one cares it's Mm, actually just touching on that real quick i think a lot of people uh who are Mm. anxious or nervous about going to a gym um, maybe for the first time or going back to a gym 
um, because of what they perceive others to, to see them as. Um, it's it's a fairly common mm. worry, but I think a lot of people are underestimating in the nicest possible way how little we care mm. about each other in the public place. It's, you know, if I see you in the gym, either I don't think about you or yeah. I'm glad for you. Like, you're there to make yourself mm, better. Definitely. Like, I'm there to make myself better. I'm not going to knock you for it. It doesn't yeah. matter what size you are or what you're doing. You know, it, it, I think people tend to think about other people's mm. opinions more than they should, which could be said for a lot of things in life. But I think it's very important in terms of fitness as yeah. a barrier that stops people from doing things. Yeah. Like running, for example. A lot of people who are, say, slightly overweight and they want to start running, get really conscious about mm. running in the public eye, you know, and they get worried about how other people will perceive them as well if if i see someone out running and they're overweight i'm thinking good for you you know you're taking it yeah. the horns and i'm and sure many people it. out there will will find that amazing to hear um because it all is sometimes in our heads and it's very hard not to think about it that way and change your perception. Oh, absolutely so yeah absolutely. yeah it's really important to kind of share that and hopefully that way as well so yeah yeah get out yeah there's also, um, in, in terms of fitness, a good thing that I found is um, set yourself okay. a challenge, uh, in particular, okay. in particular yeah. a smart challenge, um, or, or smart yeah. goals. Uh, smart is an acronym, I should say. Um, and it's uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, yes. uh, yes, time-based. Well I was go. hoping that you weren't going to go to me and ask back. me what that is. <laughs> I do know what that is, but I wouldn't have known on the spot. <laughs> Um, like I say, once more for the people in the back, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And it's um, it, it makes things a lot easier to deal with. If you're worried about starting exercise and you're worried about not being able to do what all these other people appear to be able to do, it's all about setting goals mm. that you can achieve, which yeah. are realistic, without comparing yourself to other people. Because as much as we like to glorify people on social media and stuff like that about how much they can do and mm. how good they look and all these different things, it doesn't matter Absolutely. because they're not you. It doesn't matter at all that that man can bench press more than I can yeah. squat, you know? Yeah. He's huge. It doesn't matter what he can do. It matters what I can do. And and holding myself up to other people's ideals is a surefire way of, yeah. of <laughs> being sad the and i don't want to be sad. Is that, um, <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy is that correct yeah so, I thoroughly yeah agree. it's that a very important correct. one yep. to remember if you and become mindful of it um in the moment that you're comparing yourself to other mm -hmm. people it can it can it can be very detrimental to you <laughs> definitely yeah no, i thoroughly agree and if you're listening and you're and you're trying to get out running and you're worried uh, set yourself a smart goal you know uh, i'm going to run twice this week and i'm going to run once around the block this time and i'm yeah. going to run twice around the block that time and i'm going to time myself see how long it takes and i'm going to make sure that i warm up and cool down and then next week i'm going to do the same and see if i can't make it slightly better and it's it's all about taking small bite-sized chunks and achieving Absolutely. your goals when it comes to fitness and the the, uh, the act of achieving a goal especially mm. in fitness yeah. terms is so rewarding and it gives you such a rush and you feel yeah, so good about it that you'll instantly want to do it again and mm -hmm. it's if even if you don't hit your goal you know it's doesn't matter pick yourself up mm. have a new goal 
or set the yeah. same goal again and try again. It's once again you can't compare yourself yeah. to what other people are achieving. It is entirely yeah. down to what you're achieving. So make it easy on yourself for goodness' <laughs> yeah, sake. Yeah, and there are things out there as well, couch to five k and all these little fitness challenges. Some mm-hmm. some that you can do from your home, which are like kind of level up or almost as you go. Um, so yeah, there are yeah. things out there if you want something to get kick started. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to learn how oh, to do handstands. Cool. that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm handstanding <laughs> against a wall right now. Um, and I'm I'm doing sort of thirty seconds on, a minute off, <laughs> sort of thing, and then gradually I'll be taking my feet off the wall, and then I'll try and work it into kicking up into handstands properly, and then after that I'll try get into walking yeah. on my hands. But it's it's a long road. I recognise that, but it's it's definitely. breaking it down to tiny chunks. I definitely want to see a picture of you doing a handstand. <laughs> Take me back to school. <laughs> no, you don't. I bet it's great. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <sighs> thank you for that. Um, so I'm going to start rounding, like rounding it up now. So what's the most important thing that you've learned about mental yeah. health? Uh, the most important mm. thing that I've learned, that is a very tough question. I would say... Of course you can. Can I give two answers? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, the most important thing I've learned about mental health from... Mm-hmm others perspectives is that there are a lot of people out there that will listen to you it's just you have to speak and i realize that there are obstacles mentally that you Mm -hmm. need to get over to be able to talk to people and i realize that might take time and it's okay if it takes time but don't Mm. feel like you can't talk to people it would be would be the one thing from that um the other thing, uh, from a personal level, I think it's and it's not something that I've done, but it's something that I've been very, very aware of, very aware to not do, which is don't approach someone else's issues in the mm-hmm. way that you would approach okay. it if you had it. Because I'm a very cheerful person. I'm my the phrase mm-hmm. that I use is relentlessly optimistic. So it doesn't, you know, I will approach everything in the same way. Like running up a hill to me will be the same as trying to figure out a puzzle. I approach it full steam ahead, head on, full on optimism. Other people don't do that. And it's recognizing how other people approach problems Mm. their way is one of the biggest things to helping other people with their problems. Don't approach it like you would approach it how they would. If you don't know how That's they brilliant would. brilliant advice. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so I am going welcome. to make a playlist of songs, which I'm going to put on Spotify, and I'm going to ask each of my uh, interviewees oh. to um, suggest something that they either think mm-hmm. is uplifting or going or any anything that kind of works for them. So oh, have gosh. you got a song that you would like to dedicate to the playlist? Oh, I completely <laughs> forgot that you asked oh, me. Oh, I know you put me in there. <laughs> Um, I I go through music like mm. I go through food. You know, if you ask me what my favourite genre of mu- music is, oh, it's, you me. know, whatever I'm eating right now. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think that's the best way to approach music, personally. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, I'll say a, there's a band from mm-hmm. uh, Ontario, Canada okay. called Cleopatric. They're a two-piece, and they they do sort of... <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. Um, 
imagine royal blood meets Ooh. early Arctic monkeys. So when yeah. they have that kind of fire in them and that kind of that punchiness, that kind of council estate rock which they had going on towards the beginning of their yeah, of their career. I don't know what you'd call it. Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, career works just too. Um so there there are two pieces which have that kind of mm. that kind of energy going on. Um not particularly long songs. They're all fantastic. Um if I had to pick one, I would pick uh I'll pick a song called Sanjake, S A N J A K E. Uh, and it's a song about how they're trying to convince okay. one of their friends to call in sick. because uh, if okay. he does then they all will. Oh, and they can just bunk off and have fun. Um and it's it's just really Yeah. It, it's it's uplifting and playful in yeah. a kind of mischievous way, which if if I had to write <laughs> that in the bio would probably be me. amazing. <laughs> Oh, I did wonder if you're going like to pick Real anyway. Big Fish or someone like that. There, oh, there we go. They're on we the need list. extra songs. They'll be the our Not that that's the right thing to call them, oh. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, that. well, thank you so much for being open and honest through this conversation and joining my podcast. It's amazing that you put yourself forward in the first place. So thank you for doing that. That's uh, fine. Thank you for having me. It's, I'm, I'm always willing to talk about these sort of things so i think a lot of people aren't and if someone has to be the first or amongst the first then yeah. well i i hope that starts a bit of a wave of people talking a little bit more um and if you I are listening so i hope you enjoyed the episode of it's okay not to be okay um yeah and if you want to do what al did and come speak to me uh come on my show it's it's been really enjoyable doing it especially with somebody else and not not just talking to a, <laughs> an empty room <laughs> yeah it has been enjoyable i must admit more so yeah, than yeah me too so it's been I great anticipated. um yeah so yeah you can always get in contact with me um i'm on instagram at the diary of pom and also you can email me at rebecca pomroy which is p-o-m-r-o-y um i do get called pom erroy quite a lot and lots of different pomroy <laughs> all different things <laughs> at gmail.com so that's rebecca pomroy at gmail.com if you want to want to get in contact with me and of course please like subscribe and share the podcast to get the word out um and yeah keep listening um i look forward to speaking to you all next time um, and more details will be shared on my Instagram page, The Diary of Pom. So, yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, what are you doing with the rest of your day, Al? Goodness me. Uh, I've got very little plans. So I'm probably going to work out and play computer <laughs> games. Good. There's no fun song. here. I want to come to Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very strange. How sunny it's been yes, recently. Yes, definitely. But I'll take it from I, yeah, I hope, I am sorry if loads of random people do turn up at your pub asking for advice now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no the more the merrier the more the merrier and like i said earlier if you are listening and you want to talk to me just Absolutely. go to becky and she'll send you my way okay well thank you very much and yeah i will speak to you all soon bye take it easy